Welcome to Benefits, What Like It's Hard? The podcast that breaks down the truths and misconceptions about all things benefits. Not only do we talk about what you should know about the benefits offered to you through your employer, but we also tackle topics on physical and financial wellness. I mean, come on, what more could you want from a podcast? Join me, Libby Allison, each week to hear from people just like you sharing their own experiences and experts giving us the inside scoop on the information we need to be successful. Hi, everyone. Today we have Amanda Hall and Paul Carl on our podcast again. Both of them have been in previous episodes. I'm excited to have them back. So hi, Amanda. Hi, Paul. Hey, Libby. It's good to see your face, even though I can't see you in person. (laughs) Same. It's so nice to see faces other than the people that are in my house. (laughs) Today we're going to be... (laughs) Yes, yes, you're right, but it's a lot of (laughs) together time. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about the CARES Act and some of the things that were passed with the CARES Act and some things you should be thinking about um, as it relates to that. So, Paul, can you give us some background on what the CARES Act is? Absolutely, Libby, happy to. So the CARES Act was passed March 27, 2020, uh, was big picture, a $2 trillion, with a T, trillion relief package that addressed four major categories. I think what we're going to be talking about today, though, is very specific to uh, individuals and their retirement plans. Okay, so when we talk about retirement plans, I think with the CARES Act, there was something around taking loans or distributions. Can you talk more about that? Yes, absolutely happy to. So uh, a couple of key pieces regarding retirement plans was the provisions for participant loans within certain types of retirement plans, as well as the availability of a um, uh, a CARES uh, CARES Act relief distribution. Um, So talking about loans first, any individuals that had previously borrowed from their retirement plan, like a 401k, and was making current payments on a per payroll basis to pay that loan back, um, those loan repayments have been suspended temporarily. And the date of that suspension can start as early as March 27th of 2020 and runs through the end of the year, so 1231 of 2020. Um, This is especially important for individuals that maybe have been furloughed or laid off or sustained some other type of um, um, anomaly through this uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, So that's that's the first part. on, On the back end, those are not like wiped out payments. Um, What ends up happening is any missed payments just get tacked on at the end of the loan. So you don't have to pay the loan back for a little while, but you're going to have to eventually pay it. So do you have to take the suspension or can you choose to continue to make payments? Oh, no, you can continue to make payments. 
Um, and hopefully a lot of people are choosing to make those, those payments. Um, and, and, you know, but it's, it's on a case by case basis as to okay. whether or not, you know, people are choosing to do it. Um, I'm, I might add for this, um, they're, they're, the individuals that can do this would need some uh, qualifying events. So either the employee participant needs to be diagnosed with the COVID-19 virus, um, a spouse or a dependent diagnosed with the COVID-19 virus, um, or there has to be some adverse financial consequences that include, you know, quarantine and um, unable to unable to work due to um, due to uh, like childcare um, issues or something. What is that qualifying event for? Uh, the qualifying event is really to qualify for the suspension of the loan payments and then the next two items that I'm going to bring up. So the first was suspension of loan payments. The second item is there's new loan provisions out there that allow an individual to take 100% of his or her vested account balance up to a maximum of a $100,000 loan. So these are new. Traditionally, participant loans have been 50% of vested account balances up to 50,000. Well, those limits are doubled. And now, um, you know, there's, there's also, if you meet one of those, those three items that I just mentioned, one of those qualifiers, then in fact, you, you qualify for this loan that you could potentially take. And, and it seems attractive, especially if you've been affected somehow, some way by the COVID-19. You know, maybe you're still working, but your spouse has been furloughed or laid off or vice versa, right? Okay, so you can take this loan back. Here's the challenge with taking a loan. Um, you know, if you take $100,000, for example, it seems attractive to, uh, to do to pay for your expenses, and you're paying that back over five years, which is the maximum loan amount, so 60 months, that translates into a repayment of $1,667 per month. You know, on an annual basis, that's over $20,000 a year, and that's a 0% interest rate. So that's, you know, a mor loans, that's a mortgage. That's another that mortgage is, payment. That is a mortgage. That's crazy. Amanda, you're right. That, 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 is, that is a mortgage payment. So it, it's, it's something that people need to be aware of, that there's, there's good parts and bad parts with, uh, with this. You know, it might seem attractive, but you have this issue. Um, the, the other piece of the um, relief really has to do with the, the coronavirus relief distributions. And kind of along the same lines, people could take 100% of their vested account balance up to $100,000 from their retirement plan. They can do this as effectively an in-service withdrawal. Um, the 10% excise tax penalty is waived for anyone under age 59 and a half. 
Um, however, income tax is still due on this, this money. Um, but again, the neat part is Congress said, hey, look, we'll allow you to repay this or pay this income tax over a three-year period. And then they also slipped in uh, another little provision that said, or we'll give you up to three years to repay this distribution with no income tax implications. So, you know, that in a way is a better solution than a loan if, in fact, you have an intention of repaying that money within three years. Um, if you don't get it repaid, boom, it becomes, you know, taxable. And while you do have up to three years to repay that tax, I mean, that, that can be a pretty big chunk of money to, uh, to add to, you know, to your income for income tax purposes. So there's, there's pros and cons with, with the loans and the distributions. People need to really weigh them carefully. Um, might add also that your, um, that your employer doesn't need to even offer these provisions. So these are on a case-by-case -case basis as to whether or not your plan is going to allow these, uh, these provisions to even be used. And then frankly, if they are uh, permitted by the employer, it's record keeper to record keeper as far as how they're being administered and what parameters um, are, are placed on how administratively it's going to function. Obviously, you need to weigh your options whether you want to do this or not. Do you just recommend, you know, seeking advice before you do this? Like, how do you know if it's the right if it's the right avenue for you to take right now? Libby, that's a great question. And it is something that I think you really need to check with uh, your advisor on your plan. Um, you could certainly ask the, um, your employer what their opinion is, but I don't know that, you know, the employer is really going to be of of much help, not because they don't want to be, but because maybe they just don't want to overstep under their, their, yeah, exactly, right. fiduciary, yeah, rules and so forth. Um, you know, always, if you know a CPA, if you use someone to prepare your taxes, that's a great person to go to as well. But I, I would start with your trusted advisor, your plans advisor. Yeah, and, and I would also add, um, you know, right now, it's, everybody's kind of in a little bit of a panic mode. There's so much uncertainty going on um, that I think some people feel like, well, maybe I should do this just in case some, I need it down the road or something comes up down the road. Um, you know, we're really trying to get people to really think about what their immediate cash needs are and still have that long-term focus. Um, you know, we want to just make sure we're avoiding making some rational decisions now that are really going to impact us, you know, five, 10, maybe even 30, 40 years down the road when we go to retire. So yeah, definitely think about what you actually need right now, like this month to get you through the next month and the month after that. Um, if you've got, you know, cash sitting at your emergency savings, <clears throat> tap into that first. Um, 
pulling from these plans, taking these distributions, taking these loans is kind of looked at as, as maybe your last option. Okay. And, and, and to that point, Amanda, you know, any money that you're withdrawing from your plan, if you take it as a distribution, you're taking away from your future retirement savings, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and then if you are borrowing the money, um, especially at a low interest rate, um, mm -hmm. and if the stock market, you know, effectively normalizes, um, you know, you're, you're giving up maybe anywhere from as much as 5 to 10% of investment return on an annualized yeah. basis. Um, so you're affecting inadvertently, but you're affecting your, your amount of money at retirement that you could potentially have in your quality, future quality of life. So. Yeah, Paul. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that when you borrow against your, your retirement plan, those assets aren't growing. No, exactly. You're, you're, you're paying yourself back. You're paying yourself back at a low interest rate. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not, you're not getting that quote unquote extra, extra bang from normalized investments. Yeah, I think that this is great. Uh, it ties into some other podcasts that we've posted with Matt Antonucci and Michael Hermes. So, you know, I encourage our listeners to go back and listen to those. We've done budgeting 101, we've done investing 101, um, and all of this kind of ties in together. It's all so important for your future. So if you have more questions on that, you know, go back to those other basic episodes. Amanda, I think that Haran has some good ways that we're getting the message out. So if someone is looking for information or tips um, on what they should be doing during this time, where should they look? Yeah, so we, as soon as, um, as soon as we started to see this stuff coming, we started thinking about ways that we could get information out to our clients um, in multiple, multiple ways, as opposed to just what we've done in the past. Maybe we've had face-to-face -face visits or, you know, we could go, we could go to a client's place of work or, you know, they can come to the office. We don't have that option anymore. So we started thinking about, okay, how can we reach all these people and make it convenient for them? Um, but make sure that they're getting the information as quickly as possible. So we've really tried to um, go digital. And so we've started publishing um, updates to articles to our LinkedIn page, obviously. Um, and even a lot of employees are, are sharing that on their personal social media pages. Um, so you can see some of Haran's communications that way. Uh, we've been creating some relevant one-pagers that can be distributed in multiple ways um, via like a PDF email um, that we've put out on some of our social media platforms. Um, we've created some digital solutions for uh, different employers that they can put directly on their company intranet um, or even project on like TV screens around their office once you know, people are back into work or for maybe our clients that are considered essential and they still have people coming into work. We've also um, created a series of concise 
pre-recorded educational videos that are available to our clients 24 seven. Um, and those cover a range of financial topics. Um, and we're, we're just turning out more of those as we can. So that's just gonna keep, that library is just gonna keep building. Uh, we've got the weekly webinar that Terry Horan himself hosts on Fridays at 2 p.m. And we have a lot of uh, specialists here at Horan that, that speak to that. We give market updates. Um, Paul here is on it pretty much weekly, he gives kind of the updates from Washington. And then obviously your, your podcast, that if it's what, like it's hard, um, that is churning out relevant information for people every week. So I think that's, that's a great way that we've been able to reach a lot of our clients. Um, and even internally, our HR manager, she sends a daily email out to every Haran employee that kind of gives updates in all these different categories. And I know a lot of us are forwarding those on to our clients if we read something that we know would impact them or that's important to them. Um, and then obviously we've got the COVID-19 resource page. It has all of our updates, all of the resources we've created. It's all there in a centralized location so that you can get access to it when you need it. Um, and we're being very careful to not post or put any data out there until it's confirmed that it's accurate. Um, but it's just that so many people are trying to get the information to you as it comes that sometimes it's not always 100% um, accurate. So we're very careful about making sure that if it's a legislative update, the legislation has been fully passed before we're communicating it to our clients. We're not giving them the updates of, this is coming, this is what we think it's gonna be. We're waiting until it's, you know, pen has been put to paper. So really we're just trying to get information out of things change. We wanna keep everybody updated with the changes to the legislation that affects them directly. Um, and of course, give the clients the weekly market updates. Um, and we're just doing this in, in a lot of different ways so that you can get the information you need when you need it and you can trust that it's accurate. So to access that, you can go to our website, right? Which is just www.haranassos.com. And I think yeah. right now we have like a bar at the top of our website that you can click on that takes you to our COVID the resource page yes I think the last thing that you know I this is, affects so many people so I think this is such an important question the last thing that I want to make sure we talk about is what are some of the best ways you know everyone's getting or a lot of people are getting stimulus checks what oh, yeah. should we be using them for if we're not facing a hardship right now, or if we are, and we still have the opportunity mm -hmm. to maybe not use it to just put food on our table. Sure. Um, yeah, we've actually had a lot of clients that have reached out to us with this. We, you know, we've had clients that have been fortunate that they got the stimulus checks from the government, but they don't necessarily need it right now to get through their, you know, their day-to-day -day expenses. So they've asked us, well, what should I do with this money? And we don't know what's coming down the road. Um, so, so we did create a couple pieces that we, we sent out to them that covered that. Um, first off, if you are facing a financial hardship, uh, kind of like we talked about earlier in the podcast, focus on your immediate cash needs. The first thing you should do is sit down and look at your budget and see where you can cut. Um, the stimulus checks 
were great, and those are meant to get you through, um, basically to help let you survive while while we're waiting to get back to work and for the economy to start to recover. So, um, you know, now's the time to cut unnecessary expenses. Uh, if you need some help with some budgeting and, and you're not really sure how to do it, um, check out our pre-recorded budgeting 101. You can find that through the, the COVID-19 resource page that you just talked about, Libby. Um, and that'll kind of give you this, a step-by-step -step of how to like evaluate your budget and you know what is considered essential and not. But you know, that's where I would start if, if you are facing a financial hardship. Now, if you're not, um, <clears throat> Obviously, you know, you've got a little extra cash now that, you know, if you're still working, if you're still getting your paycheck, you're not really sure what you should do with it. So, so we came up with a couple um, of what we're calling financially healthy ways that you can put that extra income to use. And the first thing is, is to um, add to your emergency savings account. You would be surprised how many people don't have the typically recommended three to six months worth of expenses set aside in a savings account. Um, I mean, you'd be surprised at how many people don't just have $1,000 set aside in a savings account for if something like this comes up. So that would be our first recommendation is if you don't have that three to six months of expenses set aside in a savings account for, you know, when disaster strikes, similar to what's going on now, um, we'd say add it to that. Get that account built up first. Um, if you are fortunate that you, you've had that in place and you've got that three, six months and you're comfortable with that level, the next thing that we suggest is maybe um, looking at paying down some of your high interest debt. So, you know, if you've got a credit card out there that you're getting charged 20% on, um, maybe put that stimulus check to work there, uh, save you some money in the long run and, and get that payment kind of out of your budget. Um, something else you could do is increase your retirement plan contribution um, to make sure that you're meeting your employer match um, if they offer it. Not all employers do, but if your employer does, let's say you've got a 401k with your, um, with your company and they're doing a 3% match if you contribute five, Make sure you are contributing at least the 5% so you can get the 3% that your employer is setting aside for you as well. Um, we like to call that free money. <laughs> if they're saying they're going to put 3% in your account of your 3% of your salary into your account without you having to do anything other than saving yourself, um, then make sure that you're getting as much as you can out of that. Um, you'll, you'll thank us down the road when you go to retire. <laughs> promise you. Um, and then something else that you could do is uh, potentially contribute to a health savings account. We, um, if you're part of a high deductible health plan and you have the ability to con contribute to a health savings account, that can be a really great financial tool that you can utilize down the road in retirement. Um, I think, I, I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but Fidelity put out a, a study that estimated that people retiring, I think in the next five to 10 years, their estimated healthcare expenses in retirement was gonna be around like $265,000. That's a lot of money. Um, and not necessarily what your 401k funds 
you would want to use them for. So if you have a health savings account and you can tuck some money into that and get those tax benefits, um, I would do that. Absolutely. Just be careful of um, any IRS limits. If you're not sure, you can, you can look that up and, and we have resources here at Haran to help you with that as well. Um, and then the last thing that we talked about was if you've done all that other stuff, you're comfortable there, increase your retirement plan contributions to exceed your match. So if you were doing the 5% to get, you know, the three that your employer was offering, um, kick it up to 10% or, you know, whatever you can afford based on your income. But, um, you know, just consider saving beyond your employer's match. Um, and then, of course, if you're not sure about any of this stuff, obviously speak with your financial advisor. Um, they can help you better understand whether you're on track with your retirement and maybe what some other steps you could be taking are. But there's, there's a lot of good things that you can do with this money um, to help set you up for, for a better retirement um, or even just protect you from another emergency like this that could come up. Well, thank you, guys. I think that this was helpful for – this is so relevant. I mean, everyone is talking – I think the conversation before was how do we get through COVID, but as we start to reopen and move forward, people are now going to start talking about how do I get my finances in place after all of this is said and done. So I think that starting the conversation now is really important. So thank you guys for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. See you next time. Nothing we say in this podcast is representative of any specific plan and should not be construed as legal, regulatory, or accounting advice. If there is any discrepancy between what we say and your plan document, your plan document will 